Welcome to the podcast of Pastor Leandra Sow. Pastor Leandra Sow is the pastor of a young and vibrant church in Cape Town, Faith Life Family Church. This podcast is tasked with duty to provide you with the very best teachings of Pastor Leandra Sow. Soak in and enjoy. Mostly. 
And it's because they wrote letters that we could learn about their lives, which is quite powerful. If it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't have known. Um, George Whitfield was said to be the chief of preachers. He was called the chief of preachers because he preached 30,000 sermons okay? so in 30 years. And his main message was that you must be born again. They asked him, Mr. Whitfield, why do you speak so much about being born again? He said, it's because you must be born again. He would preach, you must be born again to preachers. He would preach so much that preachers, the whole church got saved. The preacher included. Jesus, help us. Tell your neighbor, you must be born again. You must be born again. Amen. So, he would preach so much about this. He so to preach 30, time, 30 times in the 30, sorry, 300,000 times, um, sorry, 30,000 times in three in 30 years, meant that if you worked it out, that means that he preached three times a day, a different sermon, a sermon, seven days a week. He preached when he was on holiday. He preached consistently, and he crossed the Atlantic Ocean. So between. He, he grew up in, in England. So between England and America is the Atlantic Ocean. Um, the cold, cold ocean we have here. He crossed it 13 times. And in those days they did it by boat. So, and it's two to four months at the time that you are on the boat. So he, he spent two years of his life just on sea. Preaching the gospel and going for Jesus. So it said that he preached to 10 million people face to face. He was, he was working he, he, he was said to be the man Who made the longest journey On the back of a horse Because I mean we, don't, we have cars But he made the longest journey On a horseback This man George Westfield And then the other man um, John Wesley He's the person who started the Methodist, Methodist church And he is said to he traveled 400,000 kilometers in his life on a horseback. So, that's intense because you know when you're driving a car, you are just sitting. But they say when, when you are driving a horse, you're riding a horse, you are riding the horse and the horse is riding you. Both of you are working together. So, okay. this man, John, John Wesley, said to be on a horse for 400,000 meters, kilometers. Now, if you think if you get in a car from here to Port Elizabeth, it's a thousand kilometers. And he did 400,000 kilometers in his life on a horseback until he was in his 80s. These people really served God. Yes, Jesus. If we can have some of these people in us, it would be great. I need a Bible so I can read a scripture. Read the Bible? Okay, thanks. Let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 33. Let's what I was going to say was a divorce. Yes, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Now, it says here, I'm speaking about faith here, okay? Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice. Right. Obtain promises. Stop the mouths of lions. 
Quench the power of fire, escape the ends of the sword, and through weakness were made strong. We became mighty in war and put foreign armies to flight. Amen. Amen. Then I want you to see something else. When you go to the book of Acts, Acts, the last chapter is chapter 28. Spending too much time on this. I want you just to show you how does this chapter end? How does this chapter of Acts end? The book of Acts. Just listen to how the book of all books in the Bible will end with Amen. Okay? Thanks. Most of it will end logically. But look at how the book of Acts will end. It says here, verse 28. It says, Therefore, let it be known unto you that this salvation is of God. It has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. So we are listening. They lived, yeah, he lived there. This is Paul. He lived there two whole years of his own, at his own expense. And all welcomed him who came to him. Verse 31. Proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about Jesus Christ with all boldness, without hindrance. Full stop. You see. So the book of Acts ends very well, weirdly. He preaches with all boldness, without hindrance. Full stop. The reason why is because the book of Acts is the only book that is still being written. Yes. As we are living, we are adding more pages to this book. We, we are the next chapter 29 and the chapter 30. We are the chapter 9, chapter 30. We are all of that. So we are adding. And these men, their lives I'm going to teach you about tonight, they will inspire you to do bigger things for God and greater things. But I get down in 20 minutes. I know this is the class, one minute past eight. So I don't know if Okay, so we must understand how revival works if we are going to flow in this revival. Okay, um, so different revival ends different way for everybody, and we need to learn about how revivals were handled so that we can handle this revival well. You see, because it can revival is in nifting. Okay, the revival sweeps past you. And I'm going to say, I'm going to to Davas, I was dear of him. And I'll say, What? Dear of him? So, that's okay. So, alright, when we learn about, okay, yeah, Papa Vincent said me last year, he told me this, he said, he said, some people are like the, the North Star and some people are like shooting stars. Okay? Have you seen the shooting star in the night? I don't see this thing that we see a bit moving. It's just, just something that just goes like that. It just makes a light in the air. So it was a star, but only for a few seconds. You see? But the North Star, when you go out tonight, I can show you there's the North Star. You can see it. It will show you how to get north. So he asked, he told me, you don't want a shooting star ministry. You rather want to be a North Star. That you are there for generations to come. And not just there for now and then it's a brand. Okay. So, when we learn about John Wesley, we're going to do a bit of history. And I want you to open your mind. And we need to cope Like, receive and learn. Okay. So, when we... Um,
when we learn about John Wesley, uh, they are from England, and his mother and his father, the mother's name was Susanna, and the father's name was Samuel. Very important people. John Wesley is probably one of the most important people in the, the, the history of the church. Now, his parents, they had 19 children. He came out of a family, John Wesley, where there were 19 people. Why? Because people used to die a lot when they were young. So they had more children, so that some of the children actually survived. Okay? Thank you very much. But John Wesley's father was a preacher. But he would preach such radical messages and such, such true doctrines that because at Nainai, they didn't preach all of the Bible. One of the things, and even when I grew up, they didn't preach much about Jesus Christ and His death and the cross and that you are saved through His grace. Seriously. I, I only found out when I was about 21 that Jesus Christ, what He actually did. When I was 21, my age, because we grew up learning almost that your good works, yeah. your works will take you to heaven, yeah. that you must live this way. We didn't, there was nothing taught of grace that Jesus died for your sins and that because of him, that's why you are going to heaven. So everything looked like you must be a good person so that you can be, so this man, John Wesley, 300 years ago, he grew up the same way. And the socialist, I also grew up the same way, you know. So when I heard the grace message, it was powerful for me. Like, what? There's grace. <laughs> okay. So, his mother was a very, a very so if you imagine you have a house of 19 children. How much you order that house? People can't, I mean, imagine five kids screaming at the same time. Just five. Now imagine 19. So his mother was very strict. His mother would, would um, make sure, even if she gave you a hiding, you are not allowed to scream. Yes. But his mother, his mother was a very instrumental woman because John Wesley's mother, she started a, a, a Sunday school at home. Okay? She did a Sunday school for the children. And very soon, soon after the Sunday school, the parents also started to come. And more people came. And then soon after, Okay, look at me. Do you know what's a curtain? Wow. Curtain. school, the John Wesley's mother, the, the Sunday school started to grow. You know, I have pictures of all of this. I will send it to you later. And uh, the Sunday school became more than the church. Like that. Now imagine you are the pastor of the church. And then this woman is doing a Sunday school at home. And the Sunday school is better than you, bigger than your church. So the pastor wrote a letter to John Wesley's um, father to say hey, your wife is out of control. Control your girl, brother. Then when, so he, the father wrote a letter back to say, um, listen, the, the teacher's complaining. And the teacher's complaining. And uh, the mother just said, if I close this thing, 
the blood of all these people will be on your hands. You want it so. And uh, the father said, okay, fine, rather leave it, go on and do what you want to do. Okay? Then five years old, John Wesley almost died because there was a fire in the house and he was still, so they all ran out, 19, 18 children, and they, they looked where was John. And John was sleeping while the fire was on. And uh, luckily someone climbed up, a man came and the man rescued him. So he wrote in his journal, I'm a brand, I'm but a brand plucked out of the fire. So it's a brand that I was the feeling. That's what he wrote about his life. Because you know, whenever you have destiny on your life, the enemy always wants to murder you. If you look at Moses, if you look at Jesus, all these great people, all, all of them were almost murdered. They were all, because whenever there's a great destiny on your life, you would have had stuff. I mean, many of us have died already many times. I've almost died many times. You see, because the enemy wants to stop the plan. He can see your stuff. Alright, but after that, his mother gave great care to him. This man, lovely man. Then he went to Oxford University, and this is where his um, encounters with God started, or kept going on. At um, Oxford University, one day, John Wesley asked his mother, Mommy, what is sin? And his mother said, said this, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to say the right, but I'm going to try to say it. She said, anything that it pays, not it pays your judgment, anything that affects your relationship with Christ, that dampens your zeal and your fire for God, never mind how good or how bad it is, that is sin. Powerful explanation. Anything that dampens your devotion and, and your love and your passion and your zeal for Christ, never mind how bad or good it is, that is sin. Yes, powerful. A very wise woman. And I think it's because of her that John Wesley had the most female preachers and pastors of his time in his church. Because of his mother. Because he really opened his eyes to see that women can also do stuff. You know? If you are a girl, say amen. Amen! If you are a preacher and you are a girl, say amen. Amen! amen. Okay. Should we put the lights on? Can you guys see if you have to? Okay. The one the lights on. Okay. So at Oxford, at university, they started what they called the Holy Club. Him and his brother Charles Wesley. Charles Wesley wrote many of the hymns that we sing. It cannot be a hymn on but many of the hymns that we sing now, Charles Wesley wrote it 300 years ago. And, uh, Oh, holy night. Many of the things you know. Anyway, so he, his brother Charles, and many other, they started the holiness club. So the, there was two rules in the holiness club. Number one, they were accountable to each other for the schoolwork, meaning for the studies. Tell your neighbor you need the holiness club. You see, it's not just about praying. Where is your level's at? You cannot be a great man of God with an F. Like <laughs> F's and big hands. So, so, listen. So now, so number one was the studying and number two was the, they did good deeds. So in those days, 
if you went to hospital, your family needed to take care of you. That's if I take a course down there. Then if you went to prison also. So many people, if you were in prison in a country where you don't have family, you know that you are going to suffer. So for three months, you will not eat unless you ask someone. Or if you catch a rat or something. So they went and they supported the prisoners. They went and they gave food to the prisoners. They did many stuff like that. So they were called the Holiness Club, but they weren't born again yet. Okay. Then, at the university, they met a man by the name of George Woodfield. And he was working in the cafeteria. Because he was putting himself through university, but he, they also had a, a, a pub. Like a pub was like a restaurant at that time, and like a drinking spot. But, um, so, and his thing was, at the pub, he would go and perform. He was very theatrical. He wanted to be an actor. So he, would, he wanted to be on Broadway, do stuff like that. But I said there that his devotion to Christ led him to become a preacher. I love that. So he, um, he would act in or sing. He was very like, like this, like buoyant. But his one work was to make a skill. I'll send you a picture. And it was very, very important. So Charles Wesley invites him. So these guys, even though they weren't born again, they had great zeal for God. They had great zeal for God. But listen, listen. And uh, they had so much zeal that they said, Lord, we will go anywhere for you. Thank you. Now that's almost like us saying, if we think about going the worst places, we would think that going somewhere down deep into Africa would be where we would go, right? So they said, Lord, even if I have to go to, I will do anything for you. You see? But, um, in those days, Africa was not like as bad as America. So there was, America just started, it was called the 13 colonies of America. So if you had to say, Lord, I'll go anywhere, I'll even go to, you would say, I'll even go to America. And then eventually John Wesley went to America after he studied. And he got on the boat, and on the boat, so it's another four, five months, sorry, four, two to four months going on the boat. And so imagine you're on a wooden boat for three to four months. I was, we were on a, on a yacht um, recently, and I mean, just, just hearing kicked out, just in the harbor, just the way the waves come, and the way you go up like this. So imagine this room that goes up like this. And then this part is down. And then that part comes down and this part goes up. And you're like that for four months. Yes. But these people did it for Jesus. But on the boat he made people called the Moravians. Hey, I love the Moravians. So the Moravians were a little bit more advanced than him spiritually because the Moravians, before that, the Moravians had even they, they had, it was from that time, they were busy in a hundred year prayer meeting. So the Moravians had a, a prayer meeting that held every day for 100 years. Yes. And they were praying, they were praying for this, they were praying that God would send preachers and missionaries out. Because in those days, they believed that if they believed in predestination, meaning if God wanted you saved, they believed that God will send someone to you and you will be saved. And they believe that 
Only those who were chosen will be saved. So why must we preach if God has already decided who He wants to save? You see, that's what they will believe. The, the people will believe. In. But it was the Moravians who prayed that God sent preachers. Father sent evangelists. Father raised up people. And we are a product of the Moravians. It was their prayer, it's their prayer that kept us. Even what we are seeing today is because of the Moravians. Come for the Moravians. That's for the Moravians. You know, you know, we are where we are because of these people. Even the things we understand is because of many people who have died for things. Even the fact that you have a Bible in your hand. There is a man, Mike Martin, he was burnt because he, he dared to print one of these. He printed it and he scattered it amongst the people so the people could read it. And when he did that, they found him and they killed him. He, he wrote it in English. So there's so many people who attacked for us to have what we have. So what we have is not a small thing. There are people who really suffered for us to have what we have. Okay. Hey, thank you for that. That's okay. The Moravians were very devoted missional people. They were revival people. Yes. And uh, it said that two of the Moravians one year, they, they, um, there was slave trade still in that time. And the worst place for a slave to be was in the West Indies. Even though they say America was the most brutal on the slaves, the West Indies were hectic. Because because in the West Indies there were so many slaves from Africa who were taken there. And the slaves could never hear the gospel. And the Moravians, their mindset was that everybody must hear this gospel. That every man must have a chance to be saved. And even at the cost of their own lives. So one year they wanted to go and preach in West Indies. They wanted to get on the slave ships. And the people told them, you cannot go on these ships. These ships are only for slaves. Guess what these two men did? They said, then fine. Find someone who can sell us as slaves. We will become slaves. And then they said this because we want to work with them. We want to eat with the African slaves. We want to sleep in the same house with the African slaves so that we can preach to them and lead them to God. Listen to this. Knowing that we will also die soon. Moravians, knowing that we will also die soon. Huh? These people were revival people. <laughs> they, yes, because in West Indies, the, the, the circumstances were so bad that when a slave went there, the, the life expectancy was one year for a man, nine months for a woman, six months for a child. That was the life expectancy. It was that difficulty. And here you are selling yourself to go there. Brother, you are revived. Yes. So, now he meets these people and he can see that there's life in these people that he doesn't have. And uh, he goes to America. When he gets there, remember he's not born again, but he's preaching. (laughs) So, he's going there. He's preaching. No one gets saved. And only the only the, the, the Indians, the native Indians, they listen to him. Then he now is in the church, he preaches, and he falls in love with a girl. John Wesley. Okay. It's a little bit of a story. When he falls in love with this girl, he goes from that area, he went somewhere. 
and then this girl fell in love with another brother in the church. Now, remember he's the pastor of that church. And he got to for me from Jesus. So he goes and it was time for him to give communion. Now in those days, only the righteous people could have communion. If you were in sin, you could not have communion. Even all straight to so <laughs> Listen. So, so when he came to the girl and the boyfriend, he skipped them. <laughs> so, so that now tells the whole community that these two are inside, and the only sin they committed was loving one another. So, so. Now listen to this. He didn't know that the girl's parents were also in church. So the parents sued him. That's for defiling her character. And when he heard about the lawsuit, he ran and went back to England. John Wesley. But I realized that the, the, you understand now why God led him on this trail. Okay? Because on the way back, there were many storms. Many storms. Up and down. He, he thought he was going to die a few times. But when he was speaking, he saw that the Moravians were sitting in the middle of the boat. They would, and these are different people now, not the same people, but they were crossing the ocean out and they would leave. When the storm hits, they get together in the middle of the sun. Which is the one place you shouldn't be. On top, they would read the scripture. They would sing a song. And they would go to bed. <laughs> he couldn't understand. And he saw that even the children were behaving like that. He said, how can the children have more faith than I'm having? And when he spoke to them, they told him, it's because you are not born again. Wow. You are not born again. He said, they said, we have died already. <laughs> Yes. So they invited George, um, John Wesley, they invited him now to the Moravian church in England. So when he got there, he got late, he came late, and he sat in the back of the church, and the man read a part of um, Mark, Martin Luther's, Martin Luther, he was a priest, died 250 years before that. And he, read, he read from the book of Romans what it means to be born again. And when John Wesley heard that, what it means to be born again, he said, he said these words, he said, A strange warmness entered into my heart. And I knew that I had found Christ as my Savior. Wow. This is a man who has gone overseas to preach. And now he's finding God as a Savior. Now, that is how Methodists would act. Also, I sit on the crash and comment. People would be crying, but he just said my heart was when his heart was, was warm, he started to share with people people didn't want to hear. Then he went to the holiness club and he told them about what happened to him. And they all became born again. And that's where John um George Woodsfield became born again. And then the fire started. <laughs> because they all started to preach born again in the church. One thing you must know about the revival is that there's always attacks against revival. I will tell you what I'm 
I was reading about Kentucky Revival and one of the things, one of the pastors was overwhelming, he was writing about how the Kentucky area was reformed. And, uh, okay. And uh, when it was reformed, he said, but one thing he noticed in the revival was the actions of the people who were being changed. And he said, some laid, laid on the floor as being so dead. Some were jerking. Some were crying. Some were, he said, it looked like a battlefield. This is 200 years ago, so I think it's the same thing that's happening here. So, it's powerful. So, anyhow, as we are ending. So, George Westfield, they are all kicked out of the church. They are not allowed to preach in their denomination because they believe in the Bible. They believe that Jesus died for your sins, you are saved through grace, and the church did not preach that. So, they were kicked out of the church. So, they all preached outside, which was fine for George Westfield. But unfortunately, John Wesley was a man. He grew up in church. So he only knew preaching in church. He didn't know. But Woodfield said, that's fine. I'll go and preach outside. So all of the people were working in the coal mines. For us, like, it's like the people are working in the factories. So every lunchtime, you would stand outside and start to preach. And then when they are done in the evening, you would start to preach again. Every day. And then soon, people started to gather. Because he, all of them were preaching like this in those days. They would stand like this. Because you didn't want to distract the people. But what will because he was an actor? He would shout. That's him. That the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. But people would start together, and very soon, every lunchtime, there were 10,000 people listening to him. And when John Wesley heard of this, he came there. And when John came, the, the revivalist at the height of it, George Woodfield told John, he told everybody, this will be my last meeting. From now on, John Wesley will be your pastor. So, yes. But Wesley said as he was sitting there, he looked at the crowd and he saw that some of them were falling as if they were dead. Because when, when Woodfield would preach, people would fall out under the power. Yes. Even before Woodfield started to preach, when someone sat on a rock to see him, okay, imagine this 10,000 people. Of course you're going to sit in the tree, you're going to stand on the balcony, you're going to sit on a rock. He would want the people to climb down first. He said, because when I start to preach, the power of God will knock you down. Yes. People will be knocked down. And they said it was a normal occurrence for people to be slain under the power as he was preaching. Yes. Normal occurrence. And in, so... Falling under the power was normal in those days. But I, I heard today, I learned that it was in the 1960s that they started to have catches in church also. Because what happened in America was the people were suing the churches when they fell. That's why they needed to have catches. And that's when the church started to get carpets. Because the people were falling. Yes. Because we knew in church that if you fell under the power of the Holy Ghost, you can fall on concrete, you will not get hurt. Marcus D, those who fall in the flesh, it is them. Yes. But remember, remember this. 
Every revival has canceled this. I've seen two revivals where people bleed. <laughs> but generally, if people fall under the power, they will not get up. Wow. You can come stories and look at that, but they know me. They know me. So now, listen to this. John Wesley starts, and there's so many. This you don't understand how many, how many, how many, many things these people did that we are doing today. Okay. John Wesley goes. He has all these people. He starts to preach. Then he realizes how oh, these people don't know the Bible, and he starts for the first time cell groups, and he gathers everyone in small groups. And they started to, to learn things from the Bible. Then, then he did another thing. He, they, he, he's called Methodist. The reason why they are called Methodist was because they would do things a certain way. Like they would study the Bible, like we do. This is 10 steps to quiet time. Step 1, step 2, step 3, step 4. Key effects to new, they had stuff like that, and they didn't have stuff like that in the beginning of the church, so they were called Methodist, meaning you have a method for everything you do. That's, so Methodist was actually, they were making fun of them. Then there was another name, they called them, they called them, they called them Bible Moths. This is a moth. Bible Moths. Why? You know what a moth does when it gets into clothes and into pages? It eats the pages. Okay? So they were saying that these Methodist people, they were eating the Bible pages. They were studying the Bible so much that the Bible does not agree. So that's why they were mocking them and saying, you are a Bible month. Isn't it good to be a Bible month? I wish I was a Bible month. Then they asked him, this is a powerful thing. What field we gonna preach about next week? That's gonna be nice. They um, they asked John Wesley because the revival started to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. Thirty thousand people, forty thousand youths. Without the mic, they asked him, "Why are all these people coming to see you?" The reporter asked him. He said this. He said, "Because I set myself on fire, and the people come to see me burn." Together to see me burn. May God set us on fire. May God set me on fire. May God set us on fire. Amen. And we will preach to one person, people, five people, houses, outside, parks, in stadiums, on corners. Yes. Amen. Amen. Wow. I haven't, yeah. Next week we'll go very deep into this. God bless you for listening to this message. Follow us on Facebook at Faith Life Family Church to find out more information about our service times and up and coming events. Don't forget to subscribe to the Swatcast channel to receive regular messages by Pastor Lane Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes.